Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. Hey, um, we are working through the book of Luke. And Luke was written by a guy, would you believe it, called Luke, who was a doctor. And he um, got a whole bunch of eyewitness accounts together and put together the book of Luke, which is about the um, life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. He wrote a part two of that, which was the book of Acts, which is about the birth of the early church after the resurrection of Jesus. Um, and we find ourselves today in Luke chapter 11. Um, if you want to read along with me, verse 37, there's a Bible in front of you. If you don't have a Bible and there's a Bible in front of you, you can take it home. That's fine. Or you can pull it up on your device or it's on the screen as well. We're, we've got Bible everywhere, which is good. Verse 37. As Jesus was speaking, one of the Pharisees invited him home for a meal. So he went in and took his place at the table. His host was amazed to see that he sat down to eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony required by the Jewish custom. Then the Lord said to him, You Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of your cup and dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and wickedness. Fools, didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? So clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor, and you will be clean all over. What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees, for you love to sit in the seats of honor in the synagogues and receive respectful greetings as you walk in the marketplace. Yes, what sorrow awaits you, For you are like hidden graves in a field. People walk over them without knowing the corruption they are stepping on. That's a very uplifting verse for your Sunday morning. Um, Jesus here is giving a scathing critique of Pharisees who were like religious leaders. They were were pastors. Um, And it brings to mind for me that I, I think our culture has a crisis of disintegration where our external world and our internal world are not aligned. They're not integrated. We see this all over the place, right? We see it in the church. We see it in the, um, you know, the Royal Commission that happened into, into church abuse um, and something like the Catholic Church, which lo- looks beautiful and has tradition and rich history and it's like, you know, cathedrals and like it looks great on the outside, but then sometimes inside you can find that there is some misalignment. Or on the other side of the spectrum in the church world, you know, Hillsong, um, you know, great music, great buildings, crowds, beautiful, and yet have their own battles to face in terms of the stuff that's going on in the inside. Um, but this doesn't, it's not just the church world, like it's everywhere. You know, the Me Too movement that happened a little while ago around, started really in Hollywood, which is like, Hollywood is like the glitz and glamour where everything looks great and people look perfect and they're like manicured um, and yet underneath there's like sexual abuse going on. Or you can see it in people's lives all the time, you can see it in our own lives. Someone like Robin Williams, who was like 
full of joy and laughter and just gave so much joy to people, yet inside was not feeling any of that himself. We live in a crisis of disintegration. Our internal world and our external world are misaligned. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, a bit disintegrated. I know I have. You know, um, I think it's classic, like you see it on social media, right? I saw a post the other day of these people at um, Santorini, and it's like the classic post of like the woman, and she's like in this flowing dress, and she's on the edge of the thing, and there's like blue water, and there's like all the white and blue houses, just like looks so good. And then the camera pans around, and there's like 300 people waiting, lined up to get the same shot. And so like, we do this all the time where, like, it's the Instagram versus reality thing. Like, it's the, the image she wants to, to give is, like, I'm just living so freely, you know, like here in Santorini, but I really had to line up for four, four hours to get this shot. Um, I wasted my whole day. And uh, we do that all the time, right? We want to post things. We want to send an image, an external image of what's going on, but really it's mismatched with what's going on inside. Langston Hughes, who is a poet. I'm not really that into poetry, but I really like this poem, I think because it's short. It's called Tired. <laughs> Sorry to the poets out there. If, you, if, your poem, if your poem is longer than a paragraph, I'm, I'm out. Sorry. It says this, I'm so tired of waiting, aren't you, for the world to become good and beautiful and kind. Let us take a knife and cut the world in two, and see what worms are eating at the rind. Let me read it again. I'm so tired of waiting, aren't you, for the world to become good and beautiful and kind. Let us take a knife, cut the world in two, and see what's eating at the rind. It's that image of like the world can, can look good on the outside, but inside there's like worms eating at the rind. Worms bringing corruption. And what we see here is Jesus critiquing the Pharisees, the kind of religious system for this very thing. Their external world and their internal world are mismatched, mismanaged. This is not just a religious problem, this is a human problem. Um, so, what we have, verse 37. As Jesus was speaking, one of the Pharisees invited him home for a meal, so he went in and took his place at the table. We say this all the time, we've been going through this um, book of Luke, and it's always around a table. Jesus is always coming from a meal, going to a meal, at a meal. Like, the central theme is the gravity point in the book of Luke is, is the table. So much of Jesus' mission and ministry is done in a meal around a dinner table with people. There's, like, something beautiful and powerful about that. He would eat with anyone, which was a big deal. And at this point, he's eating with the religious leaders, the religious elite. They're kind of like these political figures, um, and so Jesus and the Pharisees, you often find this like tension point in the Bible. If you read the scriptures, you find that Jesus is always like going after the Pharisees. And you, and you would think that Jesus hates Pharisees. But really, a, a lot of scholars would agree that the Pharisees were Jesus' like religious tribe. The reason that he's getting into so many arguments with them is because like, that's the people that he hung around. They're the people he went to synagogue with. They're the kind of like theological bent that he agreed with most. And I think that's really important because Jesus is critiquing here, but he's critiquing from the inside. It's pretty easy to critique, critique something from far away, to throw rocks or throw tweets or like set up a post 
Pharisee Instagram account or whatever. But Jesus is doing this. Like, it's, it's hard stuff. It's hard hitting. But he's doing it face to face around a meal. And um, Jesus is beautiful like that, full of grace, full of truth. It's the same with us. You know, when Jesus brings challenge to you and me, he does it right up close. It's not from far away. He does it in a relational way. It's a beautiful thing about Jesus, grace and truth. Verse 38. His hosts were amazed to see that he sat down to eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony required by Jewish custom. I think that's disgusting because, like, we live in post-COVID world. Get some hand sanitizer up in that before you eat a meal. But um, first century Jerusalem, the hand-washing thing was not about your hands being clean. Like, that's a good thing. I don't think they necessarily understood that so much. It was about a ritual cleansing. It was a religious ceremony to say, I am pure enough to sit with this group of people and eat a meal together. And so this is not so much about Jesus being clean or unclean in his hands, but this is a purity issue. For the Pharisees, this is like a boundary-keeping device to, to work out who's in and not, who's Jewish enough. There was all sorts of things that would get you um, ritually in clean, sometimes your job, sometimes if you work with animals, if you touch dead things, if you had to like make a meat or whatever, you wouldn't be able to go and eat with the Pharisees, right? So it's about saying who's in and who's out, who's like on our level and who's not. And so when Jesus sits down and he conveniently passes by the washing bowl, he didn't forget to do it. He's making a point here. For Jesus, he's saying, I, my vision of purity, my vision of who is in and out, is radically different to what your vision is. I did this last week, um, but I just think it's so helpful. I always come back to this. This is called a bounded or centered set. And we often want to say, this is just human nature, this is what the Pharisees were doing, who's in and who's out. And the way that we can work out who's in and who's out is the boundaries. Like, do you wash your hands before you eat the meal? Are you ritually pure? And for the Pharisees, they, they want to say, yeah, we're in here, we're all good, we're on, we're on the inside of the tribe, and these people, they're like, they're impure, they like touched a dead thing this afternoon, whatever it is, they are from a different religion, they're from a different nationality, and they're out. But Jesus comes, and he flips that on his head, he said, because he comes and he starts eating with the people out here, and he starts critiquing these people. And he says that, you know, it's not about the boundaries you keep. It's not about your religion, the practices that you do necessarily, but it's about the direction of your life. And what he found was that he said that you can be right up close, you can be doing all the things, but you're pointing away from Jesus. You're actually going in the wrong direction. And you can be super far away. You can be a tax collector or a prostitute or whatever it is, and your heart can be towards Jesus. And it's about direction, not about position. A bounded and centered set. And so that's what... Jesus is critiquing here is like, who's in and who's out? Who am I better than? He goes on. What sorrow... Oh, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, Verse 39. Then the Lord said to him, You Pharisees are so careful to clean the inside of your cups and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and wickedness. Fools, didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? I love this. This is brilliant. Um, Alicia and I were cleaning out the hall up the back, and um, we found this, this cup, a bunch of cups, 
old school. I don't know how old they are, but they're, they're really cool. They're like 60, 70 kind of vibe. Um, and it was in the cupboard up the back. And I have no idea how many lips have touched this thing. Like, have you ever thought about that with a cup? Like, how many people have put their mouths on, on this thing? It's um, kind of disgusting to think about. But imagine if, like, this was never cleaned on the inside. Like, we, it, would look, it would look great from here, and then you look inside, and it would be full of mold or, you know, all sorts of good stuff. Um, and I think it's a brilliant illustration of Jesus to say the inside of your life is just as important as the outside, that your external life and your internal life are incredibly important. It's integration. Integration. Um, Henry Cloud says, integrity is running on all cylinders, that all of your parts are working together. In the biblical imagination, we, we, um, there's this idea of soul. And often, like in the West, which is like a very, um, we get this from like Greek philosophy, like from Plato, we think that they are our, we have a body and we have a soul. And the body is like the material part of us, and the soul is like the immaterial spiritual part of us. And many people think Christianity is like, you know, when you die, your soul goes to heaven. But in biblical thought, in biblical theology, our soul is not like the immaterial part of us. Our soul is who we are. It's the, uh, I heard one person say, it's the operating system of our life. And so, like, the, the operating system that makes this phone work is a thing that connects all the hardware and the touch screen and the camera and uh, Wi-Fi. It's like the integrating force. It's our, our, operate, our soul is our operating system that, that brings together our physical body and our mind and our will and our emotions and our heart and our spirit. It's operating, it's the integrating force. And we see time and time again, Jesus is very invested in the health of our soul. Not just our actions, not just what we look like, but what's really going on inside, what's the integrating force within us. Um, one way to think about the gospel or salvation, you know, we, we hear those words all the time in the church world, but I, I think a good way to translate that idea is integration. The gospel, the good news, salvation, another word for that is integration. That in the beginning of the Bible, things were integrated. Things were running on all cylinders. There was connection between God and people, the Garden of Eden, the world was as it was meant to be, and then there was this disintegration, this fracture that happened between God and between people. Heaven and earth split apart, and we see that all the time, right? We see disintegration all the time in our lives. But Jesus comes along as an integrating force very concerned with our internal world. And the end of the story, the end of the biblical story, is the reintegration of heaven and earth, this garden city, a reconnection between God and between people. This is what Jesus really, really cares about, the integration of our whole lives. Verse 41, are you still with me? Yeah? Yeah? Some people? So this is, this is the antidote, right, to a... To a unclean inside. Verse 41. This is very counterintuitive to me. So clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor, and you will be clean all over. So, so Jesus comes, and he gives us, like, scathing critique. You, the inside of your cup is impure, man. Like, the inside of your cup, you're dirty. The way that, to clean that is to, buy, is to give gifts to the poor. Now, that's, that's beautiful, and we think about that as like, okay, so it's about my money. It's like about what I do with my money. 
And that's true, yes, like where our money is, there our heart is, and that's a good indicator. Um, but in the first century, giving money to someone, me giving money to Jamie, is like saying your family, that we are together. Like there's no boundary between us. And so we, in the West, we kind of think of that a little bit differently. We think that we're giving a handout to someone less fortunate than us. I'm giving it some money to Jamie because, you know, he needs it. Um, but in the first century, to give money to someone was to say, we are the same. And so it's again, Jesus talking about this insider-outsider thing. It's about the whole person. It's not about the boundaries. It's not about how good you look on the outside. It's about your connection to God, your connection to people. Verse 43. Verse 42, sorry. What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees? For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens. A tithe is 10% of your income. So he's saying, you are so careful about this that, you know, the oregano you're growing in your kitchen, a tenth of that, you cut it off and you give it to God, right? You are very meticulous about, like, making sure that it looks like you're giving the 10% and you're giving the exact 10%. Um, He says, but you ignore justice, so making things right with people, and love of God. Again, love of God, love of neighbor. You ignore that just to tithe your oregano. He says, you should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Do not neglect the more important things. Um, we love to appear like we're doing good, right? We love to appear like we're doing the right thing. And I think we see this again. I'm very anti-social media this morning, but um, on Instagram, I was thinking about, remember the Black Lives Matter whole thing? And um, everyone posted the black square, like the blank square. Do you remember that? Some people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gabby does. That's good. Um, and it was meant to be like in solidarity that like we're standing for racial equality. I did it as well. But what we kid ourselves into is that like we've done that. We've put that on our social media. I don't have to do anything else anymore. We like to appear like we're doing the right thing without actually making any steps towards racial equality. Right? And this happens all the time on social media. Like you have to appear like you're doing the right thing. It doesn't matter if you're actually doing it, if you're actually giving money, or if you're actually making steps towards relationship, as long as you look like you're standing up for social justice or whatever it is. Um, if all you ever do is that public kind of image management, you will crumble. If all you ever do for God is in public, is at church, when you're rostered on or whatever it is, you will fall apart. In the um, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course that we just started, the first week was about, um, one of the exercises we did was about your being with God and your doing for God. And we got people to draw out how big their circle was of like being with God, the time they spend like in prayer and connection with God, reading scripture, and they're doing for God, you know, spend on rosters or going to church or like being in public. And most people look like this. They have a very small being with God and a very large doing for God. And it's the whole thing again. It's like the image management that on the outside, it looks like we're doing the right thing. And those practices are really helpful. It's, it's all good stuff. But, it says, but Jesus is like, you know, tithe, yes. Give money, yes, absolutely. But if it's not aligned with what's going on internally, then it's actually going to crumple you. You're just cleaning the, in, the outside of your cup. You're just making your, yourself look good. You're just kind of religious washing your life. Clean the inside of your cup. Verse 43. 
What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees, for you love to sit in seats of honor in the synagogues and receive respectful greetings as you walk in the marketplaces. We love to look good. Yes, what sorrow awaits you, for you are like hidden graves. This is, a, this is an absolute burn. You're like hidden graves in a field. People walk over them without knowing the corruption they are stepping on. This is coming back full circle to the hand-washing thing because to touch someone, something dead made you impure. And so Jesus is basically saying, you look good on the outside, you look like grass, but inside you're like you're a decaying dead body. And so when, if someone touches something that's dead, they become impure. So what he's, what he's saying is that you are dead on the inside, your cup is unclean, and therefore not only are you like setting the standard, but when you touch people, you're making them unclean. You're the unclean thing. And so this is like a, a big power move of Jesus, a big reversal. Um, that is in striving to be morally pure, in striving to keep the boundaries, we've actually become impure. Religion without love of God and love of other is meaningless and it will crumple. It's just dressing up the outside of our cup. It's just cleaning the outside of our cup, making ourselves look good, making ourselves feel good without actually having something go deep. True religion is allowing Jesus to get under our skin, to seep into our bones and our hearts and our souls. True religion is not shallow, it's deep. True religion is integrative. It's about our whole person, your emotion, your will, what you desire, how you treat people, what you're like when no one's watching, the way you use your money, it's about all of that. It's long and it's slow and it's hard, but it's good and it's beautiful. It's transformative. It's real. For Jesus, the cleaning of the inside of your cup is about turning your soul outward towards God and towards neighbor. Augustine, who's like alive in the 300s, great church father, a African bishop, and you know a lot of our theology comes from him. He says that sin is just love turned in on itself. Sin is love turned in on itself, but a healthy soul, according to Jesus, is a soul turned outward. Love of God, love of neighbor. Dallas Willard says, to love someone is to will the good of the other. Is your life willing the good of God and neighbor? Is the direction of your soul turned outward? I know that 83% of the time in my life, the direction of my soul is turned inward, right? I want, I want my way. I want my life to be fine. I want to be comfortable. But the path of true healing and restoration is that turning outward, the unfolding of our soul. It's the journey of the way of Jesus. And that is how you clean your cup. That's integrity. That I would consistently follow the way of Jesus, take up my cross, crucify the parts of me that are like my false self, my shadow side, and bring resurrection to the new parts of my life. And the beauty is just the acknowledgement that I've got some mold inside my cup is half the battle to cleaning the mold in your cup. Because mold thrives in dark places, like when we hide it away. 
but sunlight is the best disinfectant. Healthy people don't need a doctor. This is what Jesus said. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've come not for those who think they are righteous, not for these people, but those who know they are sinners. I've not come for those who think they've got the outside of their cup all sweet. I've come for those that know that, man, the inside of my cup needs a little bit of work. How's the inside of your cup this morning? And the beauty of that is like just acknowledging that to God, opening yourself up to Jesus is what opens the floodgates of forgiveness and healing and grace and renewal and transformation. It's the reorientation of our heart towards Jesus. Even if things are misaligned, we've all got stuff misaligned. We've all got stuff that's unintegrated, stuff that we haven't opened up to God yet, stuff that we haven't explored. But we are on the journey of integration. It's the way of Jesus. It's not just like, yes, I follow Jesus, I'm done. It's a journey. We are consistently walking out that, turning our soul outward. So how's your cup? <laughs>